Welcome to the Coach Cal Cardcast. You are speaking with head Edie White football coach, Kyle LaSang. I am the co-host, Bill DeRoche, and we're talking about Edie White Cardinal football. And this is the third game that Edie White had. Coach, how you doing? We're doing fine. We're doing fine. Uh, good to be here, be able to discuss the second victory of the season. Um, 2-0 after the H.O. Bourgeois game uh, this weekend. I keep thinking, I, I'm counting the, um, this is our third podcast, so I'm thinking it's the third game. But it's Yeah, yeah, yeah well, Jamboree. You know, we Jamboree. talked about Jamboree. Tarabone talked about the big victory against uh, Vanderbilt. And, uh, and then again, uh, here to talk about the HL Bourgeois game held on the 13th, Friday the 13th, as we talked about in the last podcast. Yeah, and let's talk about that HL Bourgeois game because I was on time. My oh, son and I went. Oh, oh. I, I don't know, Bill. I, I know you pretty well, Bill. You sure you were on time? I might have been a little late. <laughs> okay, okay. But we right. parked the car, literally, we parked the car and we're walking to the game and the crowd is going nuts. I can look at the side and you had who's your, who's your punt returner? Uh, punt returner uh, Branton Vicknair. Branton was blowing it up. I'm telling. <laughs> well, you know, uh, we talked about the punt return. We talked about the uh, the Boom Award winner Patrick Shoniker. That was right. Patrick was last week's. And if you remember, he was last week's uh, Boom Award winner because he leads the wall to the ball and it's part of our our punt return. And he did a great job again. Uh, leading the wall to the ball, and that's what you saw. You saw the result of wall to the ball and um, Patrick doing a great job, our, our punt return doing a great job, and Brenton Vicknair using some God-given uh, speed and ability to uh, get a great punt return. That's a good point, okay, because, you know, we always see the guy who runs the ball, and he's, he's the star, but it takes a whole team. It takes a whole special teams to do that. And we practice that a lot, man. We were really, really detailed about our punt return because you can get, you can get beat. You can get beat very easily if you don't have a great punt coverage team, or you don't have a good kickoff coverage team. And uh, we want to take advantage of of those guys that maybe don't do that very well. And look, we had limited film on HL Bourgeois. We didn't know if they were good or not on punt on punt coverage. Uh, but we do what we do on punt team. So um, the 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 wall has been a a punt return since the days that I played for Preston Lejeune back in the day, and uh, we still do it because it's it's an effective punt return. Actually, Bill, they they've changed the rules in football. You can't blindside block anybody anymore. So if you know anything about punt return, when when guys go down and cover, uh, what we try to do is we try to get Patrick to the first guy, and as soon as he turns. We, we get Patrick to block him, and that gets us in the wall. It gets us a, a, a decent return at least. And uh, the first time we did it, it's probably when you were walking to the stadium, Bill. Yeah, yes, it's probably I was when you're walking, walking to the stadium. Um, Patrick just lit this guy up. And, you know, we had talked to Patrick a bunch. We said, look, man, you, you, can't, you can't do that anymore. You can't blindside people in football anymore. Um, so Patrick, um, sensing the opportunity, uh, actually blindsided the guy. Got a penalty, brought the brought the play back, and that's probably when you got here. And Bill, I, I try, I really tried. I I was telling the referee, look, my my buddy is not here in the stands. I don't know if you saw him. You you weren't there. I so wasn't there. You man. weren't there, but I was looking in the stands for you, and he just would not delay the start of football <laughs> game. Well, I appreciate that, but I must admit, a little shout out to our friend of ours, um, Eddie Johnson. Oh, I love Eddie. Love Eddie. Well, I, we watched the game. We talked professional wrestling the whole night. 
Eddie's a great guy. Look, Eddie's in a bad situation. Eddie graduated with me, lives at home. I had to send his kids to Vanderbilt. <laughs> you know, and I, I talk to Eddie all the time, and you know, it just eats at him. And uh, and I'm sure, um, I'm sure deep down inside, he's got bragging rights at his house because he's the only Edie White grad there. Uh, everybody else gra- <laughs> uh, graduated from Vanderbilt, so. <laughs> I love Eddie. Uh, we, we talk stories all the time. And uh, Eddie, look, I'll tell you something about Eddie. Eddie remembers stuff in the ninth grade from Edie White days. I, I don't know how he does it. Like, he remembers everything. And, and, you know, possibly he could be making it up, and I, I would never know, <laughs> <laughs> seriously. But, uh, you know, great guy. Uh, really supports Cardinal football, even though he's in Homa. But uh, it, it, you probably had a really good night with Eddie Johnson in the stands. I didn't, I didn't realize that Eddie loved professional wrestling as much as we did well and had a great time does he truly love professional wrestling as much as we do bill is that is that true he's he's got a history behind it and it's so funny because okay you have a blue ant yes we have two um one of them i think it's number 37 17 17 that's eddie's old number Again, so, something I would have not remembered, Eddie. Sorry, sorry, buddy, but uh, yeah. And uh, Grant Blue Ant scored a touchdown in the HL Bourgeois game, so he certainly did. And let me tell you, as soon as he did, Eddie's like, "That's my old number." Well, he, he, he took credit for it, I'm sure. He, he said Blue Ant's making making the 17 number proud. Is that because Eddie didn't? Is that what you <laughs> is that what you're saying? No, that's what Eddie said. I'm just making oh, a quote. Oh, he's carrying that's on. A, he's carrying on, on the, the tradition. tradition. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Look, by the way, that play was a. It was a big play. Coach Grant drew that up this week. Thought we could get a big play and a big score. And uh, we're trying to get Blant, uh, Grant uh, Blue Ant involved more. He's a he's a great athlete, uh, tenth grader. Uh, got a great future. Tell us about that play. Uh, actually, it's called throwback. We um, we we run a lot of offense uh, away from our tight end. And uh, Grant Grant's not really a tight end, but he's got great speed. So we snuck him in at at a tight end. Tried to hide him a little bit. And, uh, and ran a play away from him and then came back and threw it back to him, hence the, the name throwback. And, uh, and he outran their guy, caught, caught the touchdown, big play in the game. And I got to tell you, it was a beautiful pass. The timing was perfect. Uh, like all kidding aside, when I saw the ball, I'm like, oh, it's, it's, just, it's not there. It was right there, in stride, perfect pass. Your quarterback? Uh, Dominic Archilla. Dominic, uh, again, 10th grader. Um, first time getting a start in, uh, was at Vanderbilt. Um, I think he sh- kind of shook off the jitters uh, at HL. And and really, uh, when we had to throw, we only threw the ball three times, but we're three for three and uh, <laughs> and uh, threw it effectively. Uh, we, we Look, we, we installed, very honestly, we installed some different things offensively after the Vanderbilt game. We just thought we, uh, we were not um, we're not running offense to our strengths. And uh, we went back under center, which I'm comfortable with. We weren't in the shotgun. Uh, that alleviated some of the problems, but I just think we did a better job executing the offense. Uh, we were able to get the ball to Hunter Becknell uh, and Brenton Vicknair on the edge, uh, threw the ball effectively, and, uh, again, really, really played great defense again. And um, special teams were solid. Actually returned a punt for a touchdown. Okay, your special team coach again is? Blaine Email. Blaine Email. We've talked about Blaine before. He needs to get on the show. I think that's going to happen very, very soon, Blaine. Look, it, once Blaine's on this show, this thing's blowing up, man. <laughs> Blaine, Blaine's been been known to be quite the public speaker. And uh, 
and just wise beyond his years. And uh, we love Blaine. Doesn't everybody? Everybody loves Blaine, right? Yeah, everybody does. And you and you said that in the very first show that special teams is the third part of the game. And if you win that, you've got to win all three parts to win the game. And you've won offense, you've won defense, and you've won special teams. You know, uh, against Vanderbilt, we we didn't really we didn't win all three. We we won defense, we won special teams, and that's really why we won the game because we uh, we used our special teams to to put us in position to score. Uh, so that, that that Vanderbilt game just shows you that if you're solid in special teams, you give yourself a chance to win. I thought we were solid in all three parts against Ho Bourgeois. Um, it was it was twenty eight nothing with about 10 minutes left in the second quarter. And so we, we really got a chance to get some young guys in the game. And, you know, another thing I was really proud of, Bill, in that game, uh, we, we have a bunch of seniors that came out for the first time, uh, whether they were playing baseball or basketball, whatever, decided to give football a chance. And, um, you know, the game of football takes it takes years to, to master. And uh, it was good to see. Uh, some of those seniors who came out for the first time who, who just worked their tails off every day to get them in a game, get them some game action, get their get their parents to lay eyes on them on a football field and uh, create some special moments for those guys as they move on. Okay. Uh, two surprise questions. Surprise question number one, that H.L. Bourgeois had a, chi- had a kid that was injured. Uh, yeah. Do you any have any idea how he's doing? I think he's doing fine. Uh, this is a kickoff return. He was the kick returner. Uh, one of our guys kind of reached up. I think his hand got caught in his face mask and and um, turned his head a little bit. So it was a scary moment. Uh, he's on the field for a little while. Got up and walked off. I think he went to the hospital. And I think I think uh, from last report he was doing fine. Okay, excellent. And secondly, okay, I've been wanting to ask you this question since since the first since the second podcast on the sideline. You do not wear a headset. I don't. That's a surprise to me. Why is that a surprise, Bill? You know, you, you'd expect that the coaches, uh, you know, head football coach has a has a has a, a headset on. He's he's calling every play. He's uh, micromanaging the game. I, and so I think we talked about this in the first first podcast, Bill. Yes, we did. But I, but the, the headset's a surprise to me. So yeah, it, it is. But listen, we we're close enough. And I'm loud enough that I can communicate <laughs> communicate with my coaches. Um, very honestly, when you when you get those headsets, there's an offensive set, there's a defensive set, and there's a set that hears both sides, and that's very confusing to me. Uh, I like to focus on one side of the ball, and what happens is you get both sides talking at one time. Um, also, uh, Alec Nakan, who's our offensive line coach, uh, wanted a pair of headsets uh, just so he can make quick corrections. And uh, I'll mention that, too. Uh, we we, in, we re- definitely upgraded our video system uh, this year. We have, a, we have a press box view and we have an end zone view of a camera. It immediately puts it on to, um, to an iPad. And uh, so immediately on the sideline, we can, we can see plays that we just run. We can make corrections. And I thought it was important that Alec, the offensive line coach, could see those plays, have headsets, be able to communicate upstairs with those guys and make corrections for our offensive line. Offensive line plays probably the key to football, in my opinion. So when I see Drew Brees on the sideline with his little surface going through, you guys are doing the same thing. We're actually doing more. It's, it's, it's a crazy thing. It's a crazy rule. Um, I went and visited LSU this summer, or actually last spring. I wanted to see their video system. I wanted to see what they do. And um, 
and I, I base I got a lot of information from them. But they they were under the impression that the NCAA was going to allow video on the sideline. Um, so they spent hundreds of thousands of dollars getting it up to up to snuff, ready to show video on iPads exactly like we do in high school. And the NCAA came back and said, no, we're not going to allow you to do that. Also in the NFL, you are not allowed to see video. So you're not allowed to see live play. What he's looking at is actually still pictures on the sideline. So listen, uh, high school hasn't put that rule in yet. Um, so since they don't have the rule, uh, we take advantage of that, and uh, and we're able to actually see live video. Some people have TVs on the sideline. We we tend we tend to just use the iPads. We think that's good enough and and less of a hassle. So uh, we take advantage of that rule. We 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 this is the first year we do that. Um, other teams have done it. Um, and it, look, I, I got to say, there was actually an ejection in the football game, and uh, I was able to watch the ejection and kind of put a bug in the referee's ear that I thought maybe it was the wrong call. So um, a lot of things you can do with that video on the sideline. So you're coaching constantly. I mean, you have live video, basically. And you, your coaches are coaching in the middle of the game, making adjustments, adjusting to the players, showing them what's going on. Absolutely. You can, you can, you can take it to the players. You can, they can see exactly how people are lined up. And I think the most important thing – in on Friday nights is how are they lined up defensively so we can see the video we can see where they're lined up especially with that end zone view you can see where they're lined up because that affects how we how we block certain plays and how we run certain plays we have certain rules that we have to follow based on plays and and if we can see where they're lined up that is a that's a big advantage and you wouldn't think it's that big of a difference seeing it from the press box view but from the press box, you're looking right down at the line of scrimmage, and you can't always tell where defensive players are lined up. You know, are they are they inside the guard? Are they outside the guard? Are they outside the tackle? Where are they lined up? Um, but the end zone view will show you that, and uh, we'll be able to see uh, tell kids what they're doing and how we should have done things. And it's been a huge advantage so far. That's a that's a really good insight of the game. I had no idea. I mean, that's that's huge, and the uh, the people listening. You can next time you go to the 80 White game and you go, so that's what that iPad's for. I thought they were playing Minecraft. You thought Minecraft. it was Minecraft? I thought it was Minecraft. Uh, f- what is no. it? Flappy Birds? <laughs> Flappy Birds? A floppy Birds? I don't know. Whatever. Fla- Flappy Birds. I- Minecraft. All these games that you know you're not supp- supposed to play at school on your iPad. Uh, you know, you would think you would think uh, with the iPad being so prominent at our school. That uh, we would we would be ahead of the game in that respect, and uh, I'm I'm very happy that we're we're we've able to use the iPad in that way. A very productive part of our game plan. Uh, you ought to see on Saturday, every coach is there sitting with an iPad. It's crazy. <laughs> you know, 12 coaches, 18 coaches sitting there, iPads. Nobody's talking to each other, just looking at iPads, watching game film. It's a it's a big part of our program. Kids these days, I swear. Okay, Boom Award. Who was our Boom Award winner this week? Uh, Boom Award for the uh, Vanderbilt game was Patrick Schoeniker. Schoeniker. H.L. Bourgeois? H.L. Bourgeois. has got to be Brenton Vickner. He doesn't know that yet. He doesn't know that. that we, give up, we give out the Boom Award on Thursday, so he'll get the Boom Award on Thursday. And actually, um, I, I didn't say this to Patrick after the Vanderbilt game, but I said, uh, 
I looked back and I saw the championship belt. It was on the sideline, championship belt. And I forgot to tell Patrick to bring it to the game. <laughs> and uh, it turns out that Patrick did forget to bring it to the game. And Aaron Santini brought it to the game. So it was great to see it on the sideline against H.O. Bourgeois. So uh, Santini's actually the uh, like the, the tag team partner. Well, he's somewhat, somewhat more of a manager type, you know. Um, let the wrestlers wrestle. Bring the bring the straps to the to the ring, you know. Take care of them. Maybe like the ring lady. Maybe more like the ring lady. You know, you go, you wrestle, you match. She takes the belt, holds on to it for you, unless unless the bad guy comes in and steals the belt. You know, I, I'm going uh, more Skandar Akbar. You remember? <laughs> oh wow, he is more Skandar Akbar. He's on the side. He's got that. He's got yeah. his wrestlers, and he's their manager. Yeah, Skandar was a he was a shyster, wasn't he? He was great. Yeah, he was. Uh, but like great, you know. What it made me, what it made me uh, realize is that man, these kids really are into this boom award. They really like the boom award. You know what the motivation for that is? Nobody in high school football wants to play play on special teams. You, your starters don't want to play on special teams. Why? Because they get tired, coach. I don't want to play on special teams. And maybe the boom award is just that kind of motivation that a kid goes, man, I really want to be on that kickoff team because I might win the boom award. So. And I could be like Mustang Mike. I'm, we're can, plugging Mustang Mike again. Thank yeah, you, Mike. Absolutely. You know, Mustang. He is the he is the uh, the reason behind the Boom Award. That it, that is his deal. It's one, two, three, boom. So, um, Mustang Mike, thank you for the idea, and uh, we uh, we're going to continue it and hopefully uh, hopefully spread it around and have a lot of good a uh, lot of good guys to choose uh, choose from next week. Okay. Speaking of next week, which is this week. We're playing. Uh, you guys are playing hosting, hosting. Yeah, we're host. We're hosting uh, Assumption High School. Assumption High School, gonna which is going to be it's going to be on the twentieth uh, at Ed White, the first home game of the season. Um, what time? Uh, seven o'clock. Seven o'clock. Um, okay. Now, do I know anybody who used to coach there? Uh, let me think for a, for a while. No, it wasn't uh, me. What, I, I, it, it wasn't you. It was me. It was actually me. So you, how long did you coach there? Bill coached there uh, for five years. It started in 1995. It was my first job. And I'm very grateful to, to those guys. I, out to this day, I will tell you my mentor is a man named Don Torres. Don Torres was head football coach at Assumption. He took me, a guy who decided he didn't want to be a doctor, out of med school, and he put the utmost trust in me and gave me uh, a chance to be in um, in a profession that can impact young men. And that's what he did. And I was a young man at the time. He impacted me. I, I was never one of his players. In fact, quick story about Coach Torres. Coach Torres knew I was from Edie White. And Coach Torres hated Edie White. I absolutely hated Edie White. And uh, it was one of the toughest days. After five years of working with Coach Torres, I had a chance to go back to my alma mater and be the defensive coordinator. And so I had to go talk to Coach Torres. And, and uh, uh, in between that time, had some, some medical problems with my son. And look, just he was a great guy with me. But uh, I can tell he didn't want me to leave. Uh, and the move actually turned out to be a good move because it, it gave me a chance to be a head coach. But Coach Torres hated, hated E. White so bad that, he even hated to talk about him. And 
a couple years ago, Coach Torres sends me a text message and says, hey, where can I get an Edie White hat? <laughs> and I was like, what is this about? Anybody knows Coach Torres knows he's got about a dozen kids. He's got a b- bunch of kids. He's got a bunch of kids. Taught a lot. I taught a lot of them at Assumption. And then I found out that his grandkids are now attending Edie White. And he, need, he needed an <laughs> Edie White cap to come to the band festivals and games. I just never thought I was going to see it. But, um, yeah, I, I worked there for five years. Great experience. Yeah, it's just a great place. Uh, was able to coach some really, really good players. I was going to say, there's some really great athletes that come out of there, like professional NFL. Like big time, big time professional. You know, one of the most underrated guys there was Brad Hill. Brad Hill led the, the state in rushing his senior year. I think he had like 2,300 yards rushing. Uh, another guy was Brandon Jacobs, just the, the most freakish a- athlete I've ever seen, 6'5", 240, running a 4'4", <laughs> just 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 insanely talented. Uh, Tremont Williams, I left, uh, I left when Tremont was a 10th grader. I, I saw Tremont in the NFL one, one day, and I was like, this is Tremont Williams from Assumption? Tremont was about 130 pounds, about 5'6", when I left um, Assumption High School, and then he grew into an NFL football player. So, you know, great talent there at Assumption. And when I look at this team that we're playing on Friday, uh, you see some of that same talent. I mean, they, they got a defensive end who's, who looks like some of the great defensive ends from, from way back when. Uh, got some great skill guys, great speed. And uh, really have good size. Well coached. Uh, Tony Payne is the coach at Assumption. I coached Tony when I was at Assumption. Tony was a player for me. Uh, Tony was one of those tough kids from Pierre Park. We used to call him. We used, we used to rely upon the Pierre Park kids to be our linemen and our linebackers. Tony was one of those guys, and now he's the head coach at Assumption, doing a great job. And uh, I respect him for that. And now you're facing him. Okay, we're talking big, tough kids over there. What should we be looking for? Uh, I, I think we got to get we, we. First of all, we, we're facing an offense that's different from any offense that we've seen so far. Uh, more explosive, more talented, throw the ball better. Uh, so we're gonna have to we're gonna have to continue to play really good defense. Uh, offensively, we got to control the ball. We got to keep it out of their hands. We got to continue to get better offensively. And look, we're gonna have to throw the football more than three times Friday night. So uh, I I know that I expect that. And then again, you got to be solid in the special teams. And I got to say, last two weeks, special teams has contributed to the to the two and zero start, and uh, it needs to happen again on Friday to get to uh, to three and zero. Well, that's a big game, and by the clock on the wall, the time just flies by chatting with you. Yeah, Bill, it's um, it's always good to to be able to speak about my kids and uh, the Edie White uh, program and the community. You know, just quick little shout out to the parents. Uh, They've done a great job of supporting the, the program. Moms are out there at practice uh, handing out Gatorades and popsicles and, and chips and stuff like that. And so uh, it's been really exciting. I want to wrap this up, but I really there's two quick things I want to talk about. One is at the Vanderbilt game, there, there was a lot more timeouts than I expected, but they weren't called by the teams. Is that something that high school's doing? It's mandated that there's a heat and humidity timeout called um, – with around six minutes left in the quarter, uh, it's mandated. It's a it's a safety issue, safety concern, uh, early in the season for um, 
it's hot. It, it's hot. It's it, hot. It's hot. And I think maybe sometimes it's kind of overdone, but it's required. They have to do it. Um, and, you know, we understand that. And one more thing. There's more to football than just the players. You've got the band. You've got the dance team. You've got the cheerleaders. Tell us a little bit about them. Um, we went to the wellness center, Thibodeau Wellness Center, not too long ago. Uh, filmed the show for uh, Cox Sports. By the way, uh, vsnlouisiana.com. vsnlouisiana.com is a, is a um, production uh, website that um, is going to broadcast or live stream all of our home games. They actually live streamed our first two games as well on the road. Uh, they, uh, with their host, uh, Eric Ritchie, uh, put on a show. And uh, if you were there, you know, we had a ton of people there. Our band was there playing. The Wellness Center, right? The Wellness Center, yep. yep. And uh, band was there, dance team, cheerleaders, football team, um, a huge crowd of kids. And, you know, I think it's important to do those things. Uh, it's, part of the, it's part of the experience. It's part of being there. It's part of it, – it's something that kids will remember for a long, long time. So uh, we are fortunate at EDY to have uh, great groups, great support groups uh, with the band and – and uh, all of our teams that are going on right now, cross-country, volleyball. Volleyball is having a great season, by the way, Bill. My daughter's a senior playing really, really well in the volleyball team. So uh, they're ranked number one in the state right now. Holy mackerel. So uh, playing well. Um, you know, we're very fortunate right, to have kids who are dedicated to their sports and uh, administration who is uh, very supportive. And we're going to keep rolling, and hopefully uh, great things will happen. All right. Well, Friday night, September 20th, 7 o'clock, here in Thibodeau, big physical game. Edie White. You know, Bill, I don't know how Mustang Mike is going to react this week. You know, Ooh. Did you ever think about that? I did not think because we're playing the we're Assumption. Playing, we're playing the Mustang. Assumption Mustangs. Uh, he's going he's gonna to have to make a choice, I guess. And, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see what he, see what he chooses. But uh, uh, whether he's on our side or not, we, we're, we're going we're gonna to try to beat the Mustangs on Friday. Well, hopefully we have a Mustang on our side. I think we will. All right. Thank y'all for listening. We appreciate it. Tune in next week. We're going to have another great show. Hopefully we have some special guests. Who knows? I bet you we can get Mustang Mike on this show. Ah, we could We could work that. That could, that, that could happen, definitely. That could happen. And we can drag Coach Blaine in here. Co- Coach Blaine is a given. I, I'm going to bribe him with something. I, I don't know what it's going to be. Maybe some, uh, maybe some chicken pad thai from Song Phenom in Homa, Louisiana. That's his favorite place, by the way. That's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Coach Blaine, come talk to us, man. Thank you all very much for listening. Look forward to hearing from you next week. Have a good night. Our theme music was composed by Terry Lagarde and performed by the band National Lagarde. The song El Toro can be found on the album Stories of a Southern Gentleman and can be purchased on iTunes or wherever you purchase your music. Our podcast was mastered by Josh LaRose at Hoffman Music. Hoffman Music in Thibodeau, for all your musical needs, we've got your sound.